Good morning. Good morning. I only got to say one good morning this morning, so it's a little unusual. <laughs> feel honored and blessed to be here, to, to stand and uh, share with you this morning, to see you this morning. It's a blessing. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm just thankful that God saw fit to let us show up again. <laughs> We have been in a series and studying the book of Haggai, who some call Haggai, but uh, the prophet Haggai. Uh, We have uh, gotten, come now to the second chapter, and there's only two chapters. (laughs) We come now to the second chapter of the book of Haggai, and... uh, I'm reminded that it is a few pages in front of the New Testament, sliding into the Old Testament. So I'll give everyone a minute, minute to grab on the Haggai. And we're at Haggai chapter 2, chapter 2. Deacon Eric didn't give us the, the page. Like you know. <laughs> if you have the uh, the pew Bibles, as I call them, it's on page 879. <laughs> Amen. Haggai, chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. In the seventh month, on the 20th, 20 first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. According to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you uh, for your word. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for the lesson uh, of the prophet Haggai and uh, your word to your people. We pray, Lord, that we would have uh, clarity and understanding 
we pray, Lord, that the, the blessing uh, that fell um, through your word would continue to fall on us. Lord, I ask for fresh anointing to preach your word and ask for anointing to receive your word. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Because, Lord, you're my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I, I, I did not uh, welcome our visitors. Let me welcome, just say welcome to all our visitors. Thank you for being here. It's a blessing to have you here. And I know you're thinking now, why did we show up on this Sunday? <laughs> He's smack dab in the middle of Haggai. <laughs> just what I always wanted to hear. <laughs> Amen. It's all the word of God. Amen. 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 I, you know, it's been said that, <clears throat> that you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Um, I like that quote. People argue whether or not it was by C.S. Lewis or somebody else. They find somebody else might have wrote it before C.S. Lewis, but I like it. I like, I, I like the, the thinking of it. Um, when, when it comes to the past, I, I have my own... Um, saying, I like to say, only look back long enough to learn and say thank you. When it comes to the past, only look back long enough to learn and say thank you. Then keep it moving. I, I say that because there's a space that people can get stuck in, that, in that space that it, it saps energy and brings uh, their progress to a slow halt. It's a space of comparing the past to the present. Whether good or bad, the past is fixed. It's, it's, it is what it is. But, but what's ahead of us is still being shaped by what we choose to do now. In the text today, the Lord has, has to pull his people from a place that threatens to get them stuck between the past and the future. Uh, he speaks to move them forward towards something greater than they could ever imagine. Uh, he encourages them to consider future glory. Consider future glory. That's the title uh, for the time we share today. Consider future glory. There's an idea, that, a theme that stretches in the text, and it's, it's that God's promise of future glory should encourage his people to carry out his work. God's promise of future glory should encourage his people to carry out his work. Uh, we've been observing God's people respond to their circumstances as well as his word after being preserved and released from captivity in Babylon. In this book, uh, one of the minor prophets, Haggai, is identified as the messenger uh, uh, delivering the Lord's word to his people. God has been directing them to consider their ways and rebuild his temple. Another minor prophet writing uh, uh, the book of Zechariah shares details about this time in the lives of the people. And, and on a side note, I, I was looking at an old sermon. I caught a, a little mistake in there, and I just wanted to let you know that I had mentioned Ezra uh, with the minor prophets, although Ezra describes uh, this 
what, what happens here in Haggai, and he uh, refers to these people, and uh, his book is not a part of the minor prophets. His book is actually a part of history of the Old Testament. His book, Ezra, is, a, is, is one of the history books of the Old Testament. So I just wanted to put that out there in case anybody was confused. Now I am. So. <laughs> but in this book, back to Haggai, in this book, after hearing from the Lord through Haggai, the leaders and the people get their priorities in order. Uh, the Lord had to deal with them because their priorities were way out of order. Uh, they were taking care of their own stuff instead of taking care of God's stuff. And when it should be, you know, if you take care of God's stuff, he has a way of taking care of your stuff. As scripture says, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, the things that we think we need to chase after, uh, they'll, be, they'll be done. They'll be given to you. Um, they, they, they got their, uh, he was writing for them to get their priorities in order, and, and they were stirred up in their spirits by the word that Haggai shared with them. Uh, and they turned their focus from their own things to the work of rebuilding the Lord's house. They got in line. Uh, the question we raised last week after looking at the text was whether they would continue and finish the work this time. Uh, we, we have a tendency to be stirred sometime by a good word, but, but, but do we stick with it after we get stirred that initial time? Uh, they started, then they stopped, and now they've, they've started again. So we wanted to see. So we pick up here, and it's about a month later. We find out uh, almost a month has passed, and they are in need of some more encouragement. Uh, uh, some things are starting to take place. Look, it says, in the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. This, this next message from the Lord begins with the same formula of, uh, of when it was spoken and, and who the Lord sent the word through. He gives a date and a messenger. Uh, the 21st day of the seventh month, and on our calendar it would uh, equate to October 17th, 520 B.C. That, that's close to my birthday, just some millennia later. Uh, October 17th, 520. This... this um, was almost a month after the people had started rebuilding the temple. The date not only, though, identifies a specific point in actual history that these things took place, but it also gives some context into which the message was delivered. There's always something going on uh, in the lives of the people when the message comes. Uh, this month and this date happened to be the last day of the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, during this festival, the Jews were to come to Jerusalem, come up to Jerusalem and construct tents, and, and to live in the tents for seven days, celebrating and remembering how they lived in tents, sustained by God in the wilderness after coming out of slavery in Egypt. Uh, they, the, the festivals celebrated God, but it celebrated what God had done. It was also called the Feast of Ingathering. Uh, occurring at the end of harvest, it highlighted the Lord's continued provision for the people. Uh, if, we, if we remember the first message that Haggai sent, we know that the crops had not been great due to the misplaced priority 
of the people. The Lord said, the reason why you're sowing much and harvesting little is because my house is out of order. And so the, the crops uh, were, not, were not great. And, and so uh, uh, not having much to show for all of their hard farm labor, they were still expected to gather and give thanks. Uh, this, this is the moment God chooses to send his message by the prophet and by the hand of Haggai. Haggai, whose, whose name actually means festival. <laughs> uh, he hadn't been sharing uh, too much for the people to celebrate up to this point. Uh, it's like somebody named Joy, but they always had bad news. Uh, uh, this was Haggai, but, but Haggai didn't care. His, his assignment, I, I need to be like Haggai, no. His assignment is like that of a, a postal worker. His assignment was to deliver the message that God wanted sent to the people, what God handed to him, whether it was joyful or whether it was rebuking. Whatever the message, Haggai's job was to deliver it. Listen to the message. It says in verse 2, speak now, Zerubbabel. Uh, speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people and say, who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? The, the message uh, follows the same pattern as the earlier messages. It, it addresses the two leaders, Zerubbabel and, and, and uh, Joshua, uh, and then it, it goes out to all of the remnant who had been returned from the captivity in Babylon. The Lord begins with a set of three questions. And, and you know, when God asks questions, it's a good time to listen. Who's left that saw the house in its former glory? How do you see it now? And is it not as nothing in your eyes? The first question assumes uh, the presence of some elders, people who had lived in Jerusalem prior to the destruction of the temple uh, um, some 66 years earlier, and then returned back to Jerusalem with the remnant of the people after captivity. These were a few people who were up in age, up in years, maybe. We were seasoned uh, folks. Uh, they would return after the captivity. Uh, they, they would have had years in captivity to think and to dream about how beautiful the temple built by Solomon was. Uh, uh, it would have it been in their minds and in their hearts and only to return to see it all in ruins. Ezra, who shares uh, some of the information about this time, tells us that uh, when the remnant first returned to Jerusalem and, and the foundation of the temple was laid again, these old men who had seen the first temple, the first house, they cried with loud voices, the men standing, crying with loud voices while other people were celebrating that the foundation had been laid down. These men were wailing. And crying so much so that people couldn't tell what the sound was. How'd you like to be working on a project with a group like that? Uh, uh, you, you're, you're excited about getting something done and they're, they're in tears about it. Uh, you talk about somebody raining on your parade. 
the Lord, the Lord brings the feeling of these people because they're still there. Uh, he brings the feeling of these people to the surface, asking them to compare what's been, what's been rebuilt so far, uh, uh, the, the new building, with the temple that used to be. God, God asked them to think about it. He asked rhetorically, what does it look like to them? How do they feel about it? Uh, he sounds like a therapist. Uh, uh, he, he could hear the response in their hearts. It's like nothing to us when we look at it. Picture giving all of your effort to something for almost a month, but feeling, feeling that it's amounting to nothing. And somebody might think, well, a month is not that long. To, uh, but, uh, but, but, when you, but when you feel like a month has been wasted, and it seems like a long time. Uh, in, in this mixed group, some, some would have thought things were going great while, while, while others were disappointed. Their spirits had been stirred, but surely uh, to, they were stirred to do the work. But these kind of feelings mixed, um, uh, prompted by always looking back toward the old temple, that, that mixture of emotions, it, it would soon start killing the enthusiasm they had for the work. I, uh, uh, it was hard work that they, had to, that they had to complete. And having some excited and some... I don't want to say not excited. I want to say despondent. <laughs> Having some, have you ever been in this kind? Have anybody ever worked in a group before? (laughs) (laughs) And you have some that want to work and some that don't want to (laughs) work? That's not in my notes. I I don't know why the Lord is pushing that. Let me go back. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So, so, so after a while, um, it would start to kill the enthusiasm. How, how many times is someone here, it's never going to be as nice as that first temple. And, it, and if, if that would keep going on unchecked by the Lord, uh, the question would probably soon come up, why even bother? But this older generation who has seen that first temple, they, they weren't being cynical, Brother Mark. They, their feelings were rooted in what they saw as the truth. <laughs> they were being realistic. Uh, 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 it, was, it was obvious to them that they lacked what it would take to make this temple compare to the first temple. But what they didn't consider is what the Lord could do about their situation. Uh, they were considering their own thoughts and feelings, but not what the Lord was capable of. The Lord sends his word to address these thoughts and, and this attitude, but it's not a harsh word of correction. Uh, what they need right now from the Lord, it's what he gives. It's a word of encouragement. The Lord isn't, uh, 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 he's not going to give them another chance to give up. He's going to speak to them. He says, yet now, be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord, be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, 
Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. According to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. Oh, that's a good word. Oh, the Lord knows how to preach. I'm encouraged. Instead of, instead of giving up or being stuck in the past, paralyzed by perfectionism and possible failure, be strong and work, the Lord is saying. The Lord points to each party involved in the work of the temple and says, be strong. Three times he repeats it, be strong, be strong, be strong. It's the same word the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, when he was assigned to lead the people into the promised land after the death of Moses in Joshua 1. Be strong, he said to Joshua. It's the same word that David spoke to his son Solomon when he was chosen to build the temple, the first temple. Uh, Be strong, David said to his son, and do the work. And now to Zerubbabel, the governor, and Joshua, the high priest, and all the people, the Lord says, be strong. But this this encouragement from the Lord is is not just some empty pep talk. Uh, uh, This is not in the notes either. I I hate motivational speakers. (laughs) Whatever they learned, whatever tricks of the trade they have to to try to motivate you, it doesn't work on me. I'm back. (laughs) I'm glad God is not like that. He doesn't give them some motivational speech, some some pep talk. He gives the reason that the folks can be strong and work. He reminds them of what he already told them before. Uh, Last week he said it, he is with them. Uh, Be strong because the strength of the Almighty is with you. Uh, uh, That's a reason to be strong. Uh, This this word had stirred them up before, but the Lord encourages them even more, even further, in case anyone wondered what it meant for him to be with them even now, after the captivity, years of captivity with, uh, with them, even with all of the failing crops, um, with them, with the little strength or resources they had to build him a house that was suitable for his holy character, what did it mean for him to be with them? He reassures them that he is with them according to his covenant promises made with them when he freed them from Egypt. He gave them a frame of reference of how he's with them. Uh, In Exodus, Moses had pleaded with the Lord to go with the people in spite of their uh, uh, hard-headed, stubborn, the Bible says stiff-necked ways to go with them and forgive them. And the Lord promised that he would go with them. Lord says, I'm with you like that. Uh, he, he lets them know here that he's still with them. Uh, uh, even from 
way back then. The terms of the warranty had not expired. Uh, you know, I, I never buy, I, I never buy new cars. I, I'm not, I, they, they cost too much and the value drops as soon as you pull off the lot. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> but I found out if you wait a year or two, you can find one that looks like new <laughs> and it rides like new. But the best thing about it, besides the price, is that it usually is still under the manufacturer's warranty. That means the same promise they made to take care of that car if something goes wrong is still in effect after you get the car. Here, the Lord, the manufacturer of Israel, is letting the people know they are still under his protection. He still has them. He's still with them. His spirit would be with them to, to help them accomplish the work that he's telling them to accomplish. Zechariah, uh, who was a, a partner prophet with Haggai, gave a supporting message to Zerubbabel about how this temple work would be completed. In Zechariah 4 and 6, he says, It's not by might nor by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, uh, you're not going to do this in your own strength. Uh, we, we can't accomplish what God calls us to accomplish in our own strength. And I'm glad Zechariah wrote down what the Lord said, that the Lord will do it by his spirit. No matter what things look like now, they, they don't have to fear failure or opposition. He says, fear not. Be strong. Work fearlessly. The Lord is with you. Being brought out of slavery in Egypt was the defining moment for Israel. It's the thing about their history as a people that they, that they clinched to. Um, the Lord speaking to them in this way should have caused them to look back and remember all that he'd done already. But it, but it should also prepare them for something powerful coming ahead of them when the Lord starts talking this way. The Lord lets them know he's not finished doing amazing things with them yet. Look at verse 6. It says, for thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. And, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Uh, that, it just gave me an image of somebody taking a big jar of coins into the coin star. Y'all know the coin star? And dumping it down into the coin star. But then they take some of your money. But here, here the Lord is... Uh, saying that he's going to do something. Not only is the Lord with them, he's also going to contribute to the house that he's telling them to build. When he, when he, when he came down to establish his covenant with them uh, uh, when they were coming out of Egypt um, on, on Mount Sinai, when the Lord came to meet them on Mount, the mountain trembled. Wasn't that in the song we were just singing? Look at that. Y'all sang it. The mountain 
tremble as, <clears throat> as, he, as he reestablishes now the supremacy of his house, the temple as, as his sign, the sign of his presence with his people, God will shake loose any other national powers that would attempt to overshadow his work and his position as almighty. Mentioning heaven and earth and sea and dry land represents that his shaking is going to be uh, universal. It's going to be a universal shaking. Uh, he, he had shaken Egypt with plagues, causing them to let his people go. He had already shaken Babylon, who had carried this people, Israel, into captivity. Uh, for, the, for the remnant, the focus they had may have been on the Persian Empire, who was ruling over them right now. Um, but God is assuring them that as the Lord of hosts, the ruler of heaven's armies, uh, almighty, he can shake he can remove Persia or, or any other nation loose from their place of power. And if we look back through, through time, we, we can see that he, he did shake Persia with the Greeks, and then he shook the Greeks with Rome. We should be reminded that he's still the Lord of hosts, and he's still able to remove nations today. Uh, we, we, I'm thankful. Uh, no matter what and how threatening a, a situation may appear, the Lord is able to remove a nation. Uh, verse 6, this verse 6 is, is quoted in the book of Hebrews in the 12th chapter. It says, at that time, his voice shook the earth uh, when he came and met Israel. But now he has promised, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, uh, for our God is a consuming fire. Describing this work of God with New Testament eyes, the writer of Hebrews lets us know that the shaking was not only of the kingdoms back then, but as a, a writer, Peter Williams, uh, uh, put it, that everything and everyone not established in Christ's kingdom at the end time will be shaken and destroyed at the judgment. There's a, there's a far-reaching idea to what Haggai is sharing here. The Lord puts these people on notice that his upheaval of nations could begin at any moment, uh, in a little while. It, it, it could happen when you're not thinking about it. <laughs> they should be encouraged and continue the work. The previous temple had glory. It had the glory, the, uh, uh, today they, they might, though they don't say it today anymore, they, they might say it had the bling, <laughs> the glory, the shiny, the, 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 the splendor, uh, it had the glory of the finest materials on earth. 
that first temple. No expense was spared. The valuable things of nations were poured into this and poured into that temple. But the real glory of that first temple was the presence of God. Uh, His his glory, when that temple was dedicated, his glory that filled the temple, it was so powerful and bright that no one could even enter into the temple. Not even the priest could go in there. All anyone could do was bow and worship. It was the glory. It was the presence of the Lord that was the glory of that temple. The people may, they, they may lack material wealth right now, but the Lord promised again to fill the house with glory. So keep working. Keep working. He says in verse 8, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Uh, I I think he wants the people to know who he is, (laughs) the Lord of hosts. Uh, The Lord reminds the people that he owns everything. They shouldn't be fixated or frustrated by what they seem to lack. The one who owns it all is with them. Psalm 24 reminds us that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Uh, These people, they won't fully see the greater picture of God's move, of God's plan uh, 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 that, that was painted and we read in Hebrews, but the Lord is giving them a promise of a future glory. There's a future glory. They are, they are being called to recognize again that the glory of the temple is not in the stones. It's, it's not in the fine wood or the gold that's used in the temple, but it's in his presence. The glory of his people is in his presence. His presence, his promise His power were all being brought in front of the people by his word through the prophet Haggai, encouraging them to keep working. They would need to have the vision and faith to believe that what they'd seen in the past and what they were experiencing in the present would all be overshadowed by God's future glory. It takes faith to see this. They, they may not have gotten to see how the rebuilt temple had a greater glory that the Lord promised, but the Lord would still make it come to pass. Uh, uh, sometimes the Lord uh, may give a, a word or give a promise, uh, but he doesn't say when it'll happen. I, I remember that he, that he gave some promises to my grandmother uh, about me when it looked like none of it was true. And she would write prayers about it in a book. And then after she had uh, passed and, and going on to glory, we, I, we found the book. And all of the things she had written in the prayers in the book had come to pass. Uh, so, so, so it didn't happen while she was there, but the Lord brought it to pass. What they would not get to see, they, they would not get to see it. But one day the Lord himself would take on flesh and enter the temple. Malachi said that the one 
that they were waiting for would come, that he would enter the temple. Uh, Jesus, he would declare that he was actually greater than the temple. He would also open the way of peace between God and man. He would transform the temple in ways that this remnant would never be able to imagine. God said the glory of the latter was going to be greater than the glory of the former. He wants them to be encouraged and to keep working while they consider this future glory that he promised. And his message encouraged the people and the people continued the work. We're going to keep going with the people until they finish the temple. But we need to consider our response to God's promises. Sometimes discouraged by what we see, like these folks, we need to take hold of God's future glory. We need to look forward to his future glory. Uh, Even when our our hopes don't match our reality, God has a future glory. Even when our progress seems to be standing still, the Lord's word tells us today to consider future glory. Be encouraged and keep working. Amen. 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 Haggai encouraged the people to keep working the promise of the Lord's future glory. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that uh, not only have you given a promise of future glory to the remnant here that Haggai addressed, Lord, but you've given us promises of future glory. Uh, Father, you, you've, you've made it clear to us that our, our present uh, struggles that we endure, hardships, they're not, they're not worth comparing to the glory that's going to be revealed when Jesus Christ appears. We thank you, Lord, for the promise of that future glory, Lord, that uh, not only uh, did you enhance the temple, but you made us part of the temple that your spirit dwells inside of us. We thank you, Lord, for that. We pray to understand it more and more, to grow in it, uh, to live it out in the world, Lord, until your day. In Jesus' name, amen.